Hello, and welcome to another edition of Critical Q&A, the show where I answer your questions based on what you've left for me in the comments section of my Q&A videos or have sent to me by email at askchrisshelton at gmail.com. All right, so every day this last week, I have been posting new clips of, uh, or getting the clips out that I initially posted on my Critical Clips channel. So if you haven't subscribed to that or checked that out, I would encourage you to do so. You can find the link on my um, YouTube channel homepage and in the description section of this video, and uh, or you can just look it up on uh, Critical Clips. That's what the channel is called. And uh, there are um, about 10 videos that have been posted there initially. I've actually got more uploaded in preparation for uh, for coming up every single day, a new one will be going up. So I actually surveyed on my Facebook page and on my Twitter account to see what did guys, you know, do you want it every day or every other day or, or less frequently? And it was, oh no, every day, every day. So I was like, okay, it's not, it's not that difficult for me to do that. And I anticipate there's going to be so much content on that Critical Clips channel that you guys are going to want to see that it wasn't going to really be that much uh, extra work or added trouble for me to do it because I want to get this information out to you guys and I want you guys to have the answers to the questions that you want. So uh, since I've answered, already answered so many of them, this seemed to be the best way to go about doing it. And so far it seems to be uh, going pretty well have just over 300 subscribers as I'm standing here recording this right now. And, um, you know, YouTube is a marathon, not a race. I'm not looking for some, you know, spike on the subscribers. I just want people to, you know, get introduced to the content and get in there and uh, get their uh, answers. Uh, also, I wanted to give a shout out to specific folks who have signed up with me on Patreon recently or have upped their Patreon support because these are the folks who are actually keeping this channel going. Uh, because it, you know, it's it's not free to do this, <laughs> and uh, and it's your support that allows me to keep doing it. So, a uh, big shout out to BJT for upping your amount, to Jason Smith, Jose Ignacio, uh, Christopher Nakov, and Anna Dubose uh, for signing up. Thank you very much for your support, and to uh, Cyprian Ivanov for upping your support. Thank you, man. Really appreciate uh, everything you guys are doing to help me out here. So now, if you didn't see my podcast this week, this was an amazing week, uh, the last week and a half or so uh, in Scientology uh, world. There has just been, I mean, it was just one, you know, boom, boom, boom after another. Hammer drop after another after another. So I just I did a whole podcast on it and talked about the situation with the free winds and the measles and uh, other things that have come up. Tony Ortega's reporting has been really, really great on this stuff. And uh, so I, I basically talked about a lot of that stuff and gave some of my perspective on it. So you might want to check that podcast out. It is the Sensibly Speaking podcast. Uh, and by the way, I know I say this a lot, and I'm going to keep saying it because it's it's kind of important to me. Um, I really encourage you guys to check out all of the content on my channel and in my podcast because I've put a lot of work into some of those podcasts. And yeah, they talk about politics or they talk about sociology or psychology or things that might not appear to be directly related to what was initially the core subject of this channel, which is Scientology. Well, that's not the core subject of this channel. Now, I still am going to be talking about Scientology a lot, but I've got a lot of other content, and I would encourage you guys to check it out because I think it's really good stuff. <laughs> so, if I say so myself. 
All right, that all being said, now let's get to uh, the point of the show. Let's get on to your, uh, the, your questions. Brian Torpy, at what point does the church officially consider you a Scientologist? After taking the introductory courses, once you start processing, etc.? It's a great question, Brian, because uh, statistically speaking, Scientology has counted almost anybody who's ever bought anything from them or even wandered into their, into their shop uh, as a Scientologist. And they've counted, this is how they get away with talking about how Scientologist has millions of members. Well, it, it doesn't have millions of members. Scientology has never had millions of members. And uh, at most, at most, according to the size of the central files in, at Clearwater and in Los Angeles, you know, about 750,000 names. I mean, that's really, they don't even have a million names in their central files. And the central files is a setup where they have a folder made with your name and address on it, and all the correspondence and information about you goes in those folders. So they have, that's not your pre-clear folder. That's not the confidential folder where they're keeping all the notes from the worksheets from the sessions. That's a pre-clear folder. The central files folder is where they keep all the paying customers, basically, anybody who's ever bought anything. And uh, the number of you know, names in the central files should be a pretty good indication of how many Scientologists there have ever been anywhere, or at least book buyers and service buyers. Because um, you can just wander in off the street, buy a Dynamics book, and you'll have a central files folder. I mean, it's that, it's that quick. But you're not a Scientologist after buying a Dianetics book. But that's what they count, right? Anybody who's bought a book or a service. All right. So the, um, the Clearwater, the, the flag service orgs, central files is, you know, uh, not a million people. I don't know the exact number. But I do know that at, uh, in Big Blue, the number was around seven, 650 to 750,000 names. I wanted to get all that out of the way to kind of clarify this business about millions of Scientologists because this gets uh, floated around and we all know it's complete crap. But why? How do they even think to get away with that? Well, they get away with it because in their minds, if you've bought a book or you have reached for Scientology in some way, then you are a proto-Scientologist, right? And you need to then get onto the bridge. Uh, to total freedom, the, the level, you know, the, the services that are offered uh, that go all the way up to the highest confidential levels. The lowest levels of the bridge are the introductory services. So if you come in and do a communications class or uh, how to raise your children better class or how to improve your marriage class, these are $40, $50 courses. And you go in and do one of those and they're going to have a central files folder for you and they're going to start thinking that you are like this beginning proto, like I said, sort of pre uh, hatched Scientologist. The, the point I remember and what I would think of uh, when I was a Scientologist and a staff member as to whether a person had arrived or not, had really made it as a Scientologist and would now be somebody, I would say, yeah, he's a Scientologist. A couple things. First thing is that you have done some actual services. Coming in and buying books, you know, I can, you know, if some guy walked in off the street and said, I read Dianetics and I thought it was amazing and, uh, you know, tell me about the Scientology stuff. I think I, think I want to be a Scientologist. Well, they'd be very, very excited about somebody coming in and saying that. But they wouldn't necessarily think, oh, this guy's, you know, hardcore. This guy's a Scientologist, right? It's like, hmm. Mm, right? Like, just show me the money a little bit on this, right? Because it's just some guy walking in off the street. He could be, you know, selling him a, a shore story or a, uh, 
a short story. That's funny. I'm using Scientology terminology, but you know, uh, whatever. He's, he's lying to them. Um, so you have to like do some services of some kind, even like one of those introductory services, like the like the the basic courses, and then call yourself a Scientologist, right? Like you could do one of those services, and you go, mm, yeah, this isn't really for me, and you go out the door, and you never come back, and. They're, they might count you, you know, because of your because of your folder and stuff as a statistic, but they're not going to necessarily think in their minds that's a Scientologist. But if you were to do that service and then say, "This was amazing! I can't believe how great this is." What else do you guys have? I'm a Scientologist now, right? Because the, the the very loose definition of Scientologist that's used in the church is somebody who wants to use Scientology or somebody who uses Scientology to improve conditions in life. Uh, or somebody who, you know, is 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 reaching for uh, Scientology services has agreed that you know L. Ron Hubbard is the bee's knees <laughs> and uh, wants more, wants to do more. Right? They would consider such a person a, a Scientologist. So that's that's kind of the dividing line in my experience. I am positive that other Scientologists or former Scientologists would give you different answers. Um, from their own experience and, and background and, and stuff, but that was how I kind of uh, kind of figured it. Bill, son of Tom. Chris, do you have any plans on studying to become a clinical psychologist? I believe that the best way for you to get back at the Church of Scientology is for you to become a licensed clinical psychologist. Okay, well, you know, a couple, about a year, year and a half, two years ago, I was talking about getting back into, or going to, not getting back to, because I was never really there. I went to college for about three weeks, and then I got recruited for staff. And it was community college. It wasn't like major university, right? So, so I have, I have the, this little tiny hair's width of, uh, of college experience, right? Otherwise, I'm just a high school graduate. Um, I gave very, very serious thought and plan and did some planning towards the idea of going back, to, going to university, and getting a four-year degree and maybe becoming a clinical psychologist or becoming a therapist or something like that. Um, I was also banging around with the idea of maybe going for a social degree, you know, sociology degree or social psychology degree. Um, I, you know, I wasn't really totally, I hadn't really totally nailed it down. There was also a program in England that offers a, a master's right off uh, that I'd love to do. But all of these plans were sort of put on hold because, you know, I'm not going to go off and get a bunch of student loans and be in debt for the rest of my life. I'm almost, I'm going to be turning 50 years old this year. And, um, and I'm not in a position to do that. I'm just not, right? Um, I, um, yeah, I don't want to get into all the personal situations and all that. I'm just not in that position. So uh, so that kind of got shelved. And what I've been doing is concentrating on uh, self-learning. And uh, I've talked about, you know, lectures and stuff I've been watching on, on YouTube from Robert Sapolsky and other sources. Uh, there's an amazing amount, more than ever in history, there is more raw data available to us through the internet than ever, ever before. I mean, I feel like I'm at the University of Shelton here uh, with all the studying and learning that I've been doing over the last many months. And it's been really, really amazing and, and frankly, life-changing. Um, it's been very therapeutic in, in some ways, too, uh, because of the nature of what I'm studying and the nature of what I'm dealing with, uh, with the old Scientology stuff, which is, you know, so much of it has kind of just been flushed out now, and I don't really think that way anymore. But 
there's still remnants, there's still bits, and there's still the fact that I'm a human being and I got problems and issues that I'd like to deal with too and help others along the way. That's what the, that's really what this channel was, 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 you know, is all about. So anyway, so I don't plan now on going back, going to, I keep saying back, going to university uh, to get a four-year degree right now because it just doesn't seem logistically or financially feasible to do so. Um, and that's kind of where I'm at. However, as far as your point goes of becoming a licensed clinical psychologist being a way to get back at Scientology, I'm not really that interested in getting back at Scientology so much as I am in moving on with my life um, and trying to help folks out along the way, like I said, through this channel. Um, so, but I do think that you know, the things that I talk about here on this channel when I'm, especially in the podcasts I've been doing lately with the neurology and psychology and sociology and these various fields that I've been really doing deep dives into and talking about, I, I think that gets back at Scientology quite quite well because I, am, I have been uh, embracing ideas and, and concepts and, and learning that I never, ever would have considered doing when I was a Scientologist. I, all the stuff I'm studying now, I thought, without inspection, without ever even seeing it or knowing anything about it, when I was in Scientology, I thought all of it, I just dismissed it all out of hand. It was all junk. It's all junk science. There's nothing valuable in psychology. There's nothing valuable in sociology. There's not, they don't have any answers. They haven't figured anything out. And, uh, and while I'm the, I will definitely say that these guys have a long way to go to figure stuff out. I mean, there's still, this is a constant process of discovery. They are way ahead of where I imagined they were. And they are, they know way more about stuff than Scientology ever, you know, or L. Ron Hubbard ever uh, gave them credit for. Lots more. So I, I've been nothing but... Um, pleasantly surprised by the breadth and, and width of knowledge that's available to us out there. Anyway, I don't want to go on and on with this, but I just thought I would uh, give you that whole commentary there to, to give you a full answer. So thanks for asking. DA. There's a YouTube channel called Scientology Parent. It's a guy who has been in Scientology since he was seven years old. He's now in his early 40s and said he recently achieved the state of clear. How on earth could it take a dedicated Scientologist 35 years to become clear? I understand that staff members usually don't get much auditing, but he was only a staff member for 10 of those years. Well, okay, uh, there's a couple of things that get in the way of getting up to clear an OT, and the first one, of course, is money. It costs, and it costs a lot. And just when you think you're there, they pull the rug out from under you, they, they move the goalposts, and you have to pay even more and even more and even more. There's a lot of bait and switch that goes on in Scientology. So financially, it is difficult. And if you're not, um, if you're like lower middle class or below, or even middle class and below, which these days is, you know, the, the disparity is becoming greater and greater between the classes. Um, but anyway, if you're in that income bracket, you're going to have a real hard time doing Scientology. You're constantly going to be in credit card debt or you're going to be taking out mortgages and loans in order to fund your services. They are, I mean, a, a 12 and a half hour block of auditing in Scientology will cost you at a regular city level church somewhere on the order of $4,000, $5,000. Uh, I don't know the current prices right now. It used to, I mean, back in the 80s, it was $3,200 for an intensive, $4,000 full price. 
Well, that was in the 80s and 90s. I don't know where they're at now, so I'm kind of guesstimating up to four or $5,000. It could be more. That's just for 12 and a half hour block of auditing. It's called an intensive. It will take you 10 to 12 to 15 to 20 intensives of auditing to go from an objectives completion all the way through to clear if everything is running smooth. Uh, if it's not running smooth, it's going to take you more. And that's after you've done the purification rundown and done the objective processing. If you want to get the objective processing delivered to you professionally, that's going to be about three or four intensives worth of auditing. On a co-audit basis, it drags out even longer. It takes, you know, it's cheaper though, but it drags out. It's longer. So uh, anyway, so that alone is, you know, thousands and thousands. What is it? I said 20, 10 to 20 intensives. It depends on the person completely. But um, okay, so that's $50,000 to $100,000 just to get to clear. Then you have the OT levels after that. So uh, how many people have that much liquid you know, income just sitting around just waiting to, to spend it on Scientology, right? So uh, not everybody who gets involved in Scientology is able to make that happen. And also as staff, now you mentioned this guy. I didn't look this channel up. I don't know who this person is. But you said he was on staff for 10 years. Well, I became clear as a staff member, but that was only because I was in the right place at the right time where there was a staff member who was doing his uh, auditing training and his internship, and he needed somebody to audit. And I was there to audit, and we were there, you know, working during the day, so he started taking me in session. Had that one guy not been there to do that, I would not have gotten any auditing as a Scientology staff member. So it was really just kind of, you know, fortuitous or fortunate or whatever. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I always have to look back on this, and I'm talking in the terms of the values of the moment then, not now. Like, I don't look at it now as a valuable thing, but at the time I did. Anyway, so that was how I went clear as a staff member, but I, but I was the exception, not the rule. A ton of people I knew who were staff members with me, Sea Org members as well later, they hardly made any bridge progress. I mean, in 17 years as a Sea Org member, I didn't move one step on the bridge. 17 years, and the Sea Org is 24-7, like I was immersed in the Scientology world. How is it that I didn't go clear or didn't go, didn't go on to the OT levels? Well, because you need an auditor. And all the auditors in most of the organizations, especially at the Sea Org level, are dedicated to auditing the public, the paying public, <laughs> right? So most staff members are not getting up the bridge. Most Sea Org members do not get up the bridge. I can't tell you how many old-time Scientologists I knew who were in the Sea Org who just died, you know, and didn't get anywhere. Uh, but they dedicated their whole life to it. I mean, they were involved in the Sea Org for 20, 30 years. So, you know, and there's also the other factor that I'll just comment on real fast here that also gets in the way is sometimes you have organizations or setups where you do have the possibility or availability of the staff being able to co-audit or get auditing, but they get a bit of a martyr complex going and they feel like, you know, they got to dedicate, they got to, huh, huh, I got to work hard and, and, and do all this for the public and, and, and get them going. And I, you know, I'll, I'll be later. I'll take care of myself later. Right. And they never do get taken care of. 
that was, you know, uh, the final straw for me, actually, was realizing, uh, you know, I've said a lot of things along the way that sort of triggered my questioning and triggered my, you know, hmm, sort of wondering about uh, whether I was involved in something good. But the final straw for me was the day I realized that nobody was ever going to care about me getting up the bridge in the Sea Org. After 17 years, it was obvious. I mean, the empirical evidence was right in front of my eyes, right? How many more years do I need to go? So I finally went, if I'm ever going to get up this bridge, I got to leave the Sea Org and I got to go get a job and pay for it. And that was what I planned on doing until 2000, the end of 2013 when things went, you know, south really fast. So anyway, that's, um, that's the answer to that question. I hope that gives you some good information. Scientology 411. What do you think the chances of the training films being leaked into the wild anytime soon are? Do you know if they were being converted to DVD or were they still doing the films? I hated that damned Protiars film from having to watch it so much, but it'd be kind of trippy to see it now. Oh my god, I would, I would give a lot to get those training films out into the public domain because none of them have leaked. And uh, I mean, there was the orientation film did, but that's not really a, the, the kind of film you're talking about is a training film. Let me, let me clarify this for everybody. In the late 70s, L. Ron Hubbard got the idea that this is an audiovisual world, which it clearly is. Uh, we communicate through audiovisual uh, often, and, and that's the most effective way of getting ideas across to people. So um, he started a film unit. Uh, within the Sea Org, and, he, and it, this is now Golden Era Productions. That's why it's called Golden Era Productions, is it was a film unit first. It was called Cine, uh, or the Cine unit or something. And, uh, and L. Ron Hubbard directed the films, and they shot it on, you know, I don't know, 8mm or something. And the films were then edited and put together by the church, all in-house, and then they were put on these cassettes, these great big cassettes, and special projectors were sent out to every single org. They had to buy them. And then the uh, cassettes of the films were sent out to all the orgs. And this was how you would see these films that L. Ron Hubbard had made. And the films were made in order to demonstrate TRs, or different principles of communication and training routines and, and training. And... Uh, the e-meter, showing how the e-meter works, showing e-meter reads, showing different things about the meter. So there were TR films and there were e-meter films. And these covered, um, you know, there was a film about the cycle of communication. And there was a film literally called How the E-Meter Works. And then there was another one called E-Meter Reads, which, uh, which described all the different things the needle does on the, on the e-meter. So these films have been, were made, and then they have been remade, and then they've been remade again. There's been, you know, three, four generations of, of, of most of these films. Some of the reasons why they had to remake some of the films is because, one of the reasons is because there were SPs in the films, right? The films had gotten made, and then time moved on, and some of the people in the films got declared. They got kicked out of the church, or they blew, or they left, or whatever, and then it was like, oh, we can't keep showing that film. So they remade it. <laughs> this happened a lot, which is one of the reasons why Scientology started hiring actors to be in these films rather than using Sea Org members, which is what they were doing initially. There were a couple of films that had Jason Begay in them, for example. One very prominently that he was in. Uh, Larry Anderson was in the orientation film. Well, these were celebrities in the Scientology 
who were in Scientology, and they left. And so that orientation film, I think, got changed. I don't know for sure on that one, but I know the films that Jason Begay were in uh, have all been removed and canceled and taken out, right? And, uh, and on the Pro-TR's film, you'll be interested to hear this, um, the people who were declared were digitally removed and and new actors put in uh, for a couple of the scenes on that. And then I think they did re- then end up reshooting the whole thing. So uh, anyway, the way the films are distributed now is not on these 8mm cassettes or re- reel-to-reel films, which is what they had going for a long time. They were using film projectors. Now it is all stored on a computer hard drive and they are digitally projected in the org. And the, the, the hard drives and the computer systems that hold all the films, because they're just MP4 files now, are very tightly secured uh, in the, the church. So those are not coming out. Uh, you literally have to go in. Well, I mean, you'd have to, you know, break the law in order to get these films. And I'm certainly not uh, asking or encouraging anyone to do that. It's not worth it at all. Uh, These films are not that great. (laughs) Believe me, Avengers Endgame was way better than anything Scientology's ever produced. Uh, Anyway, but that's where the films are now. So they've got it all worked out. And I believe they even update the films um, through the network. Uh, So they don't have to go and send a guy... Uh, or send stuff through the through the postal system or the mail in order to uh, update the films. They just uh, update them uh, through the network. Uh, anyway, so that's how uh, the films work now, and that's for the introductory films as well as all the technical training films. Adria Holub, what are some dreams slash goals that you and Melissa have for the future together? What is or are your favorite things for you and Melissa to do, do together as a couple? Ah, oh, asking about my marriage. To Actually, uh, it's kind of funny. I, I took this up because I wanted you guys to know that today is our uh, first year wedding anniversary. As you're watching this right now, today is the day. Uh, and so we're, we're having our anniversary weekend this weekend. I'm taking her out to, to dinner and stuff and we're going to do that. Um, Melissa and I love to hang out. We play a lot of games together. We, uh, are watching Game of Thrones right now because she's never seen it. So we're binge watching through right now. We're well, just about to finish uh, season two. This is the second time for me, but she's never seen it. And so, uh, then we can get all caught up before the whole thing is over. It's funny, kind of the same way I did Breaking Bad when Breaking Bad came out. I, I, I binge-watched the entire series when the last two or three episodes were just about to air, you know? So, uh, so I tend to push things off to the last minute sometimes. Anyway, we do a lot of that. We like taking walks and hanging out together. And, uh, and you know, a, a lot of times we just kind of hang out and talk. I mean, we just kind of sit on the couch and gab at night, you know, uh, that's what we do. She works during the day. I work from home here doing this, this work. So, uh, so we see each other nights and weekends and that's, that's generally how we, uh, how we hang out and do our thing. Uh, goals wise, we have travel goals. We have, um, you know, medical goals. We have things we want to get done, uh, you know, get some treatment and stuff medically. Uh, but mostly we just have, uh, kind of the same kind of goals and ideas. I think that most married couples do. Um, I guess, you know, candidly, we don't really see children in our future. Uh, Like I said, I'm about to turn 50, and uh, financially, we're in no shape for anything like that. So 
that's kind of where that's at. But uh, but that's not really a downer for either one of us. Uh, so, you know, it's not, nothing to be, you know, sad or anything about. I have a great relationship with my existing son. So I'm not, you know, not lacking for any of that. Anyway, so that's kind of, uh, it's kind of a look into our personal lives there. Thanks for asking. It is time for Flash Answers. Nancy Owens. Is there any way for a WOG like me to find out how popular an org is? Since the new org opened in Detroit, I'm curious to know if it's at all successful. I ask because the Detroit org is smack dab in the middle of the financial district, which is mostly owned by a local businessman who demands so much from his employees that I highly doubt they have any time for the Church of Scientology. Just curious, keep up the good work. Thanks for the question, Nancy. Um, I think if you just walk by the place at different times of the day or night, you'll see just how empty and, uh, you know, useless the place is. I mean, Detroit is, is hardly a town that is screaming for Scientology. Uh, that, this, is a, this is a city that, that needs financial investment and development. That is, what, that is what Detroit needs, at least as far as I know. I mean, what, you know, what, then again, what do I know? I'm in Colorado. <laughs> anyway, that's, uh, that's how, really, just go by, check the place out, look through the windows, walk in, you know, look around. You'll find that we call them ideal morgues for a reason. <laughs> I don't know if Detroit actually did go ideal or not. It might still be in a, in a its old seedy sort of building. I don't think Detroit actually has been upgraded and renovated yet, but um, but my memory could be failing me on that. Anyway, either way, that's, uh, that's how you'll get an answer to that question. Harry Pollock, what is your connection to Queen? I love Queen. Queen is, as far as I'm concerned, one of the greatest uh, rock bands of all time. I think Freddie Mercury had this amazing killer voice. I mean, opera quality voice. That is not something you find in rock very often. And, uh, and I just love their music. Always have. I grew up with Queen. I mean, the Flash Gordon soundtrack, the Highlander soundtrack, and then Queen's songs, you know? I mean, they're just, they're amazing. So, and of course, they fit uh, perfectly with the Flash answers. So, that's what my connection with Queen. Susan Hepler. I'm sure many have reached out for help to escape the church, but has anyone from any other cult reached out to you? Yes, definitely. I get emails and, and phone calls even. I've had long discussions with people who were former members of other destructive cults or religious groups that, that were acting like cults, uh, and they reached out to me for help, and I was willing to give it to them. Uh, and I, you know, I don't, I don't uh, tr as a usual practice, you know, try to be some kind of faux therapist or something, but if somebody reaches out to me for help, I'll share my knowledge and experience with them. And, uh, and so far, that has, that has worked out pretty well. Okay, everybody, thank you very much for coming around and watching. Uh, I hope you uh, were informed, entertained, and educated. <laughs> if so, then I have done my job for this week. Uh, please leave any questions, comments, or feedback in the comments section here on YouTube. And don't forget that I put that Amazon storefront up for you guys to check out any written literature that I would recommend you read. I've got some really good books up there that I think you guys want to check out. Link below. And also, critical merchandise always available for you 
to help support the channel and uh, show off some merch that will promote the channel and promote good critical thinking and, and Scientology stuff. So check that out. Also, link below. Thanks for coming around, guys, and I will see you next week. Bye-bye.